Howdy. Welcome to the Louisiana Equine Council Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Dolphin. Our guest today is Mr. Richard Abair. Richard has been with the Master Horseman Program since 2002. He actually went through the original class. I'm guessing that was with Dr. DePew. Yeah, it is with Dr. DePew. That's correct. The first one. And Richard has been running the 4-H horse camp at the Sugar Arena since 2004. They've had 17 of them, only missing one because of COVID last year. Richard, how are you this morning? I'm fine. It's a beautiful day. It is. Yes, sir. We're getting into that sweet spot of weather, aren't we? Well, we are. Well, why don't you tell us a little bit about your experience with the Master Horseman group and uh, what you've been doing with that group for the past 20 years? Okay. Well, as you said, uh, I was in the first class, pilot class, I guess, you, if you will, taught by Dr. DePew. And uh, the first class was almost nothing like the the, the current classes because uh, we had uh, the, the LSU vet come in and we had to take casts and uh, I mean we, we might as well have been in pre-vet but uh, it was informative it was interesting and, and it was kind of like a, the path that uh, I kind of wanted to be on to be able to teach others uh, rather than having a clinic or whatever so uh, I became a the Master Horseman program uh, and went all over the state with Mr. Howard. And uh, we, uh, we've taught quite a few people, quite a few adults, quite a few children. Uh, I've been a, uh, from the Master Horseman program, I'm now a uh, judge in the, horse pro- in the horse shows at the district, uh, Paris district level. Uh, in fact, I'm going to judge the Southeast show uh, in June, which, which is also interesting because it's, it involves children and horses, and that's my passion. So uh, it, it's been a good ride. All right. You've also been training horses for most of your life. Is that correct? Yeah, probably. You know, I've never had a horse trainer train my horses, so I've always trained my own horses now. In the beginning, I probably didn't do it very well, but I did train them. Uh, and as I learned uh, and became the, uh, I call it the quieter trainer, it's, uh, it, it, it became more of a passion than just, just something to do. And I've trained quite a few horses for others, and uh, I'm, I'm getting up in age. I'm 70 years old, so my body just doesn't allow me to start coach. But that, that's probably something I miss more than anything. You said something one time uh, right when I first met you, probably 10 or 12 years ago, that I thought was really cool. You said that uh, horses were your high blood pressure medication. I've remembered that about you ever since. I think that's an awesome way to look at it. It is, because if you are truly in tune to horses, you know from your experience that uh, your mind gets clear, your stress goes away. And the only thing you can think about is you and that horse. And horses have a way, in my, if for me, again, it's quieting my, my mind. I'm in the computer business. I've been in the computer business for about 40 years. And I probably have solved quite a few computer problems, complex problems, sitting on the back of a horse, mainly because it allows you to drop all the stress and any other thoughts that you have. 
So, uh, yeah, you're, you're correct. It does lower my blood pressure. There's actually some science behind that. They've done some research with uh, therapeutic riding and all and have discovered that the horse's heart, which is dang near the size of a volleyball, uh, has a much stronger electromagnetic field than the human heart. And that winds up, when we get close to them, it, it basically slows our heart rate down. They kind of take control of us and bring us to their level, which is a slower, more relaxed heartbeat. And we think that's why they can get through to autistic kids and things like that and help calm them down. So that there's actual science behind why that, that works that way. I think that's pretty darn cool. I think it is too. I did read that article and that, that is cool. And, and I agree with that hundred percent, not from reading it, but from experience. Mm -hmm. Well, why don't you tell us a little bit about the horse camp? That's predominantly what we're here to talk about today. So uh, when is it coming up and, and what's the point? Uh, we, the, this year it's April 30th. Uh, it's always the first weekend in May. Uh, we try to stay away from Mother's Day. So uh, this year it fell uh, April 30th, it uh, is at the Sugar Arena. One day, it used to be two days. Uh, we did a Friday night and an all day Saturday. And after uh, we were out for COVID, when we came back, we decided to do it one day, mainly because we wanted to limit the exposure of people in groups hanging together. But uh, we're gonna try to keep it that way for a while. A two day clinic is, is, a, is a tremendous chore. Because you got to have a lot of volunteers, you got to have a, a, a lot of donations, you got to feed 120 people because you have campers, you have their parents, you have the uh, uh, volunteers. So we, we again, it is a one day now, and it's, it's sort of the same the same pattern. We we teach basic horsemanship to children. We use mainly master horsemen, graduate volunteers. Uh, and we also, part of the horse camp, we have a junior master horseman program where we take uh, the older kids who have been to the camp, they, they have had to have attended the camp before, and we, we give them a short a course, I guess, clinic on what we expect from them to become leaders for the younger uh, campers. So that is actually by design. Uh, we, we usually uh, try to have enough junior master horsemen, we call them, assigned to a group. We break these campers into groups, and we expect that junior master horseman to act as a leader, not as a, we call them dictator, but as a leader to encourage the group to make decisions. So that that's worked out pretty good. We've had quite a few of those, and and. A lot of those young individuals have really gone on to become very good adults. It's a hands-on. We do group uh, groundwork. We do riding exercises. We do obstacles. And we kind of rotate in those sessions until we get all the groups together, usually four groups. And then we'll have uh, a competition in the afternoon where the, the groups will compete in each event. So they'll, they'll, each group will pick someone to do groundwork, riding, uh, and obstacles, and they'll go through a course. And then, of course, they cheer them on and so on and so forth. Uh, and we give, them, we give them little prizes at the end of the day. <clears throat> we usually have a photographer that takes 
hundreds and hundreds of pictures uh, where the the, the, uh, the the campus can actually and parents can go act and actually access those online. The camp is restricted to 4-H 21-22, or let's just say current 4-H uh, members. Uh, we can only take 40. That is because of the facility and the, 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 the space we have. You can imagine 40 children on horseback in this facility. Can get dangerous if you get more than that. So we, we've always limited to 40. Now we've had 38. We've had we've had 43. I think last year we had 43. So we can we can accommodate around that 40, but we try to stick to the 40. It is April 30th, and they have to have their forms, their registration form uh, submitted by 22nd. That's so because we order T-shirts and such. Uh, we so we kind of need to know who who they are and what they're going to need. The forms should be all available with their 4-H agent. If they, their agent doesn't have any, they can call the Vermilion Parish 4-H office at 337-898-4335, and they will send them the forms they need. The Sugar Arena is in charge of stalls, RV spots. So if they needed something like that, they would have to actually call the Sugar Arena. Well, at the time this airs, we're going to be pretty close to that deadline. Uh, so I don't know if, if uh, anybody will be able to join the group from that. But y'all usually fill it up pretty quickly, don't y'all? Yeah. You know, here's the deal. We try to set a deadline. But we usually get probably about a, a quarter of it the last week. Late entry, such as that. We've actually had them drive up and say, can I join the camp, you know? Of course, if they have uh, their their all their paperwork, including a current Coggins on their horse, and of course there's other rules. You know, we don't allow studs uh, uh, if a horse is deemed. Uh, you know, sometimes we've had we we haven't had to kick out any children except maybe about two or three because of their horse. Now we didn't kick them out of the place. We just didn't allow them to ride on that particular horse because the horses were completely dangerous. Hmm. Some we've had some that uh, you hear them talking. Well, I, I went got that at my neighbor's and was up in the pasture. Well, it's, uh, you know, the, 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 the horse is not trained on a horse that's not trained on a child. A child that's not trained on a horse that's not trained is probably the most dangerous thing in the world, especially when they're among, amongst uh, a, a whole bunch of others. Yeah. I'm sure we've all got a bad experience there or two of seeing a, a kid on a horse that we can't believe any adult ever put on that horse. That's that's it, unfortunate, it, but it happens. Yeah, it happens. Yes, sir. It happens. And and I tell you, sometimes they show up with more iron on their face. <laughs> it's like it, it, the shiniest bit they could find at the uh, at, at the, uh, the, the 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 feed store. And they have no idea how to use it, and the horse is fighting, and of course it turns into a wreck. Yeah. But you know, here, here's the thing about the horse camp. We find that by the end of the, the by the end of the day on Saturday, the child that was scared on the horse that was scared, 
is a child that's now confident on a horse that's quieter. So we know that the, 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 the plan, the design of what we do is work. Because that's the intent, is to have that child leave and be safer, more knowledgeable, and, and uh, enjoy what they're doing. Plus they make, we've got kids that come back and the first thing they do is they're looking for the child they met last year that's in a different part of the state and that they make real good close friends. Mm -hmm. So what you had mentioned before the, the, uh, the event takes place in Iberia parish, it's kind of hosted by Vermilion parish. What, what parishes is it open to? Is there a restriction? The, there? Whole, the whole state, the whole state. Okay. Yeah. Anybody can come. Anybody. When we hit 40, we, you know, again, we, we may take, one or two more, depending on when they, when they came in and what the circumstance. But yeah, we'll take forty kids from anywhere. Okay. What time does it start in the morning and all? Just so that people kind of understand, it is a full day. Yeah, that starts at eight o'clock. We get that scheduled. It starts at eight o'clock. Usually ends about five. An all day thing. We'll take uh, uh probably about an hour lunch. Uh, we used to take about a 30-minute lunch when we, we were feeding them. But now that they go to a concession stand and get their own food, it, it takes a little longer. So we, we wait a little. You know, we don't get in a big hurry. Well, and they get to learn that they're kind of everything from tying a horse up, um, like you're talking about maybe the tack that they've got on their horse may not be appropriate. And they can get a little discussion about that. and They've got a month to get that sorted out before the – the parish and uh, two months before the district live show and, and stayed and all of that stuff. So it's really a great opportunity. And I know a lot of kids don't tend to ride horses all day long like that. So they kind of get to get past the initial stuff and, and really get into the, the core of things. And, and uh, like going to a horse show or a barrel race, they may be mounted for 20 or 30 minutes here. They're going to be mounted for eight hours. <laughs> so uh, get to get, get a lot deeper into it than what they're used to, for sure. That's correct. We do cover thoughts. We cover safety. Constantly talking to these children about the basic care of a horse, the basic safety of a horse. Uh, we have our volunteers go around checking tack, checking. We do a safety check on their saddles. We do a safety check on their gear. Uh, if somebody... Uh, you know, it looks like it has a piece of leather that looks looks a little rotten. Well, we gotta we gotta get with the parent. We gotta figure out what we're gonna do to fix it. We don't we don't kick them out. We try to help them fix it. Try to. A lot of these parents, believe it or not, a lot of these parents have no clue. They bought they got a horse for their child, and the child is enjoying the horse, but the parent does not know. Yeah. Try to educate them as much as we can. We're giving a session. We encourage the parents to come sit with the the child or sit with the group to listen and a lot of them do they're interested one of the things i've always thought was great about the master horseman program i mean it, it's a program that's really designed to train adults to then go help kids and, and and do events exactly like this but one of the really good things i i feel about it is that because everybody has similar training 
when they go to an event like this, they're all going to have a very similar message. Whereas if you just tried to put on a horse camp and you brought in 15 other adults that knew about horses to help, the kids are going to hear 15 different things. Whereas with this, they're going to hear sort of the same message from everybody over and over. So it doesn't get chaotic and confusing and, and frustrating and all. I think that's, that's an invaluable deal that you have that, that pool of people to draw from for the volunteers. So about how many master horsemen does it take at volunteering to help run this, this uh, weekend? Oh, we, we like to have at least 30. So that, uh, we don't get that many, but, but when you're doing the groundwork, riding exercise, basic riding exercise, we'd like to have one volunteer per child. Now, in your obstacles, you, you know, they're riding through obstacles. You can get about two or three or four in there and help them out. But uh, if we can get, if we can get 30, if I can get 30, I'll be really happy. It don't always work out. Now, one year, I think we had 40. But, you know, everybody's got a life. And, and we've, what we've, I've found about the Master Horseman Program is, unfortunately, maybe 20% come back. In, into the program to to help 4-H, to help uh, come back as a volunteer. It's unfortunate, but, you know, it's just what it is. And and people that come back are really dedicated to it. And that's, excuse me, that's another reason why uh, we, we kind of went back to a one day instead of a two day. It takes a lot of volunteers. And when we started this, I had people, everybody had a job. I had people in charge of the food. I had people in charge of this. And then, of course, gave them volunteers to get through that. But, and, it, and look, it was great. Then all of a sudden, they started moving on. So then you got to try to find somebody else. Then somebody else. The last year we did it two days, I had to cook. <laughs> <laughs> Coordinate. And, you know, and I, I told them that's just too much. I mean, you know, it's just, it's just hard to get people to come in and help. Of course, it is what it is. and, and Yeah. But the one-day work, the Friday night was probably invaluable because we would set up obstacles in the pen. And for about two and a half hours, those kids rode over those obstacles all night. And by the end of the in the night, they were all tired. The horses were tired, but the horses were quiet. They were quiet. They were ready for the next day. But again, that you, you again think about it. You've got forty children on horseback in one place. Some run, some want to have fun. It just it just becomes chaotic. Yeah. And a little well, ha having a kid on a horse that's a little bit tired is definitely not a bad thing. Makes life run a little smoother, doesn't it? Yeah. Okay. Well, what is the cost for it? And I know, uh, at least in years past, they were they were going home with a little something too. So, how does that work out? Well, we it used to be seventy five dollars. Uh, we'd give them a halter and a lead rope, and then t shirt and all. T shirt. They, they're going to get a t shirt regardless every year, but now it's only twenty five dollars. So we, we thought that was another reason for one day is, is, you know, things are getting harder, fuel's getting more expensive. So $75 a child, especially if you've got more than one that's attending, you get a little hard. 
So we figured 25 bucks, I mean, everybody can have, should have 25 bucks they can spend on their child mm -hmm. uh, for education. That's a cheap, cheap education. For sure. Uh, and, you know, we thought about, well, let's, let's maybe, let's just, let's do it for nothing. You can't do it for nothing. You got to charge something. I mean, the sugar arena doesn't give us a place for free. That's one thing. Yep. Insurance is not free. So we have to charge something. Uh, now, uh, the Master Hawkin program does uh, give us a donation. That helps. So, and of course, LEC can give us a donation. Too. We, we, we take it. Mm -hmm. I, I know we've uh, we've donated to multiple things uh, through the Master Horseman program, the benefit ride every year and all yeah. of that stuff. Well, Richard, what about we've got the horse camp that's taking up all day Saturday. Is there anything else that y'all are doing that weekend at that facility? Yeah, well, we again, we're doing the, the, the ranch starting on, on Sunday. Okay, so there's a, a full ranch sorting show that takes place on the Sunday, and, and y'all use that as a benefit to raise funds for these types of programs? Yes. Okay, so if anybody's interested in going to a ranch sorting, then there will definitely be one. The 1st, May 1st. May 1st at the Sugarina in uh, New Iberia there. And for a good cause, raises funds to help with this horse camp and to put on the parish and district shows and, and all of that good stuff for the kids. Yeah. So. Yes. All right. Well, what about, do you have any, any interesting horse tales that you would mind sharing with us? Something funny or, or uh, maybe dangerous that you're glad to be on the other side of when it was over with? Anything entertaining for us? Well, I don't know about entertaining. I, I, I do have a story, though. I, I, I've been a, a 4-H leader since 1993. Okay, so I've been there a long time. I'm, I'm actually... Uh, in the Louisiana 4-H Hall of Fame. When my son was ready to, to join 4-H, I went to the 4-H office and talked to Mr. Hilton. Sat down with Mr. Hilton and told him that uh, me and my son, you know, we rode horses, worked cattle, uh, trained my own horses, such as that. And we talked for a while and said, I want to get my son in the, four in the horse program. So we talked, and then right before I left, he says, okay, I'm going to put you down for a horse leader. I got up, I left, I'm driving down. I said, what the hell does that mean, a horse leader? It wasn't two days that he was calling me up. Look, we got a parachute. I need you to come help me. So then that's, that's my 4-H uh, my uh, leader experience started. So that roped right in. It's been a great ride. I, I, I can tell you, in 2003, which was the year, the second year from the, the, the Master Horseman program, Dr. DePew put on a horse clinic in Baton Rouge. I mean, a horse camp in Baton Rouge. So it was the first model. Ours is a little different, but it was the first model for the horse camp. So me and Howard went over there, and I helped. Howard and I were helping with the obstacle course. And uh, of course, they had uh, you know the big horses with the little kids, and the little horses with the big kids, and the, all the iron on their face. And it's like me and Howard were just amazed at some. There was a, a contraption on one of the horses. We couldn't figure out how it worked. We couldn't figure out where the pressure was. I mean, this thing was just all over the place. 
and this horse would every time he'd pick up on the rain, the horse would dance and pull, trying to get away from it. Anyway, there was this tiny, tiny, tiny little girl on a big, big, big horse. Good horse, nice and quiet. She was always in the background, scared. She had a scared look on her face. So I went to talk to her and helped her through the obstacles and, you know, just kind of helping her out. And then at one point I looked at her and she had this huge smile on her face. Little blonde girl, I'll never forget it. That's where I was hooked. That's where the next week they said, look, would you like to take over the horse camp? I said in a heartbeat. So that little smile, I can still remember, is what started the horse camp for me. So and that was my goal, was to have every kid smile at the end of the day. Well, absolutely. And just just for, for shouts out and clarity, that's Howard Cormier that you're referring to, who was running the Master Horseman program until uh, he retired very recently. And then Hilton is Hilton Waits right, from Vermillion Parish, who has certainly been an asset to 4-H and the extension service and particularly the horse program. Um, I, I actually was on the phone with him yesterday about some some horse program stuff. Uh, he's he's one of the good ones for sure. So That's correct. That's correct. Well, Richard, uh, that, that's about our time for today. But, man, I want to thank you for all that you've done for 4-H and the kids and running this horse camp. And, and I, I've been – on the behind the curtain side of this. And I, I know it is a monumental task. It's way more than just a day of preparation for you. It's uh, it's months and months of planning and, and hard work. And that's all done by volunteers. And, and it's really, it's something we all benefit from and, and we need more people out there uh, with that sort of heart and giving of the time and their experience to the kids. So, so thank you much for, for filling that role for such a long time. Uh, thank you, Daniel. All right. We would like to take this moment to encourage you to join the Louisiana Equine Council if you have not already done so. We really need your help and the increase in membership to help us make the differences that our equine industry requires. We are a 501c nonprofit, so if you have a business and you would like to make a donation, we can offer the attractive tax-deductible benefits of that. We're also looking for sponsorships for this podcast. So if you have horse-related business and you would be interested in sponsoring an episode or multiple episodes, please get in touch with us through the Louisiana Equine Council Facebook page. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Louisiana Equine Council podcast. I've been your host, Daniel Dauphin. Thanks for coming along for the ride.